Hello. Hi, how you doing? Uh, is Alan in? This is Alan, John. Uh, you're pretty punctual. You're right on time. How you doing? Yeah, I try, I try to be right, right on time. Being late is kind of uh, a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> well, that's good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Virginia, right outside D.C. Okay, all right. I'm in the so northern. How can I... What's going on? Uh, yeah, uh, you said that you wanted to, uh, get your message out there why you don't support the current, uh, permitless carry in Texas. And I want to get that out. Um, and I explained, I'll get you a copy of it. It's going to be raw. Um, no editing, no nothing. Um, I don't do ambush interviews or anything like that. So I just want to be upfront with you that. And I do want to tell you that uh, uh, just in case uh, some of my bias does come through, um, I always like to state that, for the record, uh, I am for constitutional carry. Um, I know people can have differing opinions. This is not going to be a debate. It's going to be, I'm going to ask you some questions. Some might be tough. But uh, it's more of to get your point out there and to see where you're coming from and let people know where you're coming from. Okay, and tell me, the uh, the uh, is it this a magazine or an article? How is this going to be published and put out in front of the public? I, what I'm thinking about doing, and this is what I usually do with this, um, I will just throw it up on the internet, raw, no commentary added, and let people uh, take of it what they will. Let them decide what okay. they, they want to take from it. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll, so all right, so you're basically just going to put out the information. In this case, what's my opinion and what my rationale or reasons for what I'm, or what I'm saying, and then folks can read that and they can then make a choice. They can decide if they like it or in favor of it or not. But none of that really really matters as far as the article is concerned. It's just simply an opinion. Is that correct? Yeah, it's 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 your your opinion. That's why I'm very upfront where I stand on it, just in case. Uh, I don't want you to say, hey, you know, this guy interviewed me and uh, he's for constitutional carry. But I also want you to know that I'm very, very fair. And I have a reputation in the industry for being fair, which usually means that both sides don't like me because, you know, I let people decide what they want. <laughs> and I don't attack people. Okay. and um, But I also don't uh, give softball uh, answers or, uh, you know, questions either um okay right down the middle um i believe in old school journalism where you know the reader gets to decide okay no that's absolutely old school and certainly not uh, conducive to what the the mainstream media has been for the last several years as you are aware whether or not you admit or not but that's no no i'll I'll definitely i'll definitely admit that It's one of my big pet peeves. I, I'm from an old school uh, school of journalism where, you know, it you are not there to tell people what to think. You are there to put out the information and let people take of it what they will and decide for right. themselves. Okay. All right. That, that's fair. I think I indicated in my notes that or my note back to you that I have uh, two sisters who are journalists, both of them. Uh, written uh, articles. Uh, they, they were reporters for the papers, one in the, the uh, Los Angeles Times and the other the Long Beach uh, paper. Uh, you know, they, they, they different subject matter, of course, but uh, that's what they did. Okay. Uh, one of them became a, uh, moved back to this area, which actually was Oklahoma, and she became a, a PhD and a, and a uh, professor of sociology at Oklahoma University. And the other was became a teacher at uh, a nursing teacher at the uh, University of Texas, and 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 actually, it, it, Austin had a branch, the main branch, but she was taught in Galveston. But but okay, so I, you know, I've got a little bit of background, at least in the family, with uh, with journalist people. So yeah, prepared the all I would ask for. Yeah, and I will put up the uh, I will send you a Dropbox like Dropbox link uh, probably tomorrow. I'll get to it tomorrow. Uh, it's kind of laid out here, so I probably won't get it uploaded to Dropbox tonight. Uh, but I will send you a Dropbox link tomorrow with the actual audio, the raw audio. Okay, you may have to help me. I'm pretty computer illiterate, so is Dropbox is that something I can receive like an email? Yeah, you just click on the link and you can download it. So, so a 
link will show up and I click on it and then it pops up. Is that essentially what happened? Yeah, yeah. You can download it for your record or whatever. Okay, all right. Uh, okay, so on we go. All right. Here it goes. Like I said, um, just to let you know, I am for constitutional carry. Um, I know we disagree on that, but it's not about my opinion. It's about your opinion. So why are you against uh, permanent list carry, constitutional carry, whatever you want to call it? Um, I'm uh, Well, first of all, constitutional carry is a little bit of a misnomer because to, to carry as it has been uh, in Texas, uh, to have a, a training and a license and to be certified, uh, that's not a violation of the Constitution, as you know. But so to name something constitutional carry, that sends out a message of, well, if you don't believe in this, then you don't believe in the Constitution. And, and I'm sure a lot of people, without really getting into uh, the, the weeds with all this, that is what they think, and that is simply incorrect. Uh, you know, we'll, oh. the, the people that we train are, are also within the levels of the Constitution. So they just picked a name, and I understand why they did it, to, to make it look as though that if you don't believe in what we're, our, our policy is and our thoughts, then you don't believe in the Constitution. Well, and that's work for them. Well, I think a lot of people, including myself, believe that any type of perm- permitting system uh, that requires you to get a government permission to uh, bear arms is a violation of the Constitution. Um, so you don't think that is the case then? Well, I think where the – typically this is a right or left type, you know, discussion as a general rule as to carry – you know, to have a gun or not have a gun, all that stuff. We both know that. In this case, we, we, the instructors, we are the certified instructors. And in my case, I have been certified by first the Department of Public Safety in the very first class they had down in Austin some 26 years ago. And then later, uh, it was determined that we needed to go and get certified again, in this case, by the NRA, which, you know, another expense and, and some more time to go do all that and essentially to do everything that I've been doing for the previous 15 years. And now it's been nearly 27 years that I have been doing that. So I know a little bit about, you know, the history of what's happened. Initially, the program was designed to be between 10 and 15 hours. And then as time has gone on, they uh, they have now reduced it to between four and six hours. So that's the uh, that's the required course between four and six hours. And you must have uh, you must have a level of proficiency. In other words, know how to shoot and hit a target uh, at what is pretty much a minimal uh, shooting ideal. It's not any kind of, uh, you know, Olympic type of shooting, but you got to be able to hit the target. And there's a score. You got to score 70%. The state doesn't care whether or not uh, what the, the actual score is. You just pass or you fail. Everybody passes. It's simple. It's at three different distances. The distances most people are qualified by the get, time they get to the second distance. Uh, and then there is a written test that you have to take that has 25 questions. It used to be 50. Now it's 25. And that basically is after you've gone through the classroom portion, and so you have the two portions. You've got the classroom portion and you have the proficiency portion. And then what we teach in the classroom portion is we teach the things such as the different types of guns, single action, uh, double action, single action, semi-automatic, uh, double action, semi-automatic, fully automatic, which, of course, you don't use. But we take, tell people what that is. They typically don't all they don't completely know. They are confused because of the press as to what an assault rifle is or assault gun really is. We explain what that is. We tell them the difference between a clip and a magazine. We tell them how to lubricate the gun and, and how to maintain the gun, how to store the gun, how to keep the gun away from unauthorized people, and when you can use deadly force, where you can carry the gun, where you cannot carry the gun. And uh, when you, uh, can you, you, we tell them the difference between force and the difference between force and deadly force. We talk about stand your ground uh, laws, and uh, we talk about uh, nonviolent problem resolution, and we talk about talking things out as opposed to arguing. We talk about those type of things, how to uh, uh, to uh, de-escalate any type of an argument, and uh, and basically we teach them a number of things about how the gun works, and uh, and and it's a lot of, has to do with safety, how to put the gun in a place that is. Uh, where it's not accessible by unauthorized people. And so those are the things that we teach, and that's a six-hour, you know, approximately a six-hour course. It can be between four and six, but we, it's usually about six, and that part would include the shooting portion of it. Are and you... So... Oh, sorry. 
ahead. I thought you were done. No. Well, go ahead. Uh, are, are, question on- yeah, are you worried that without this training that Texas would get more dangerous? Or, Well, I think there would be no question about that. And so how I – and what I do explain it, or try to explain when I'm talking to people, I say this is actually zero infringement on your your rights, your constitutional rights. You can have a gun, but by the same – the same – token same qualification and and the analogy that i use is, is i told the guy they just and i went to the airport today and it, and i was going to try and rent this airplane but the guy wouldn't rent me the airplane because i didn't have a license and i'd never been in an airplane before that's the same logic we're talking about a firearm that's dangerous we're talking about an airplane that's dangerous and so without training then then and 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 without taking a test then there'll be no doctors you know you just say, oh, i want to be a doctor today let me start carving on people and they don't have a clue what to do. The same thing with driving a car. We're 16. Someone should have handed me a keys to the car, and I could have taken off. No, no, you got to take a license. you got to take a test, take a license, and you got to have some information as to how this car, this automobile, this dangerous item works. And so why should anything be different as far as a handgun? And so especially when you're going to take six, minutes, six hours out of your life to learn the safety aspect of it, and people will get shot less accidentally. Uh, there'll be less accidents that'll happen. Guns will be stored in places that unauthorized people will not get to. That, as you know, that was the Columbine deal. You know, these Dylan and the other kid, they went to grandfather's house who did not have his guns put away. So he's the one that got found guilty of the crime. And so in the, in the handgun uh, lesson in the classroom, we teach him that. You know, you got to be able to put the gun in a place where someone can't get to it that's not authorized to get to it. It's ludicrous for me. And I've seen them, you know, we have people come out to the range. They open up their box with their, you know, their Glock or their whatever it is, uh, uh, their their uh, Beretta for the very first time. They don't have a clue how to load a magazine. They put bullets in backwards. They don't tap them down. They don't know what one in the chamber means. They need, they know nothing. It's a brand new thing with them. That's a dangerous thing, in my opinion, and the opinion of instructors. And to say anything different puts a slap in the face of people like myself that have been doing this and certifying people for a quarter of a century. That's the thinking, that's the logic, and that's the kind of the nutshell of well, how my group seems to look at it. Well, and, the, and I see no argument on the other side that says that we're depriving anybody of it, a legitimate argument, we're depriving anybody of anything. We're well, just making them get a license and training. <laughs> okay, uh, a couple questions. Is driving a constitutional right? So that's, that's essentially the nutshell. Okay, is, is driving a constitutional right? Because okay, you you compared uh you compared uh it to having a driver's license. Is driving a constitutional right or is it a privilege? Yeah, that's the question. Now, Texas Texas seems to think that uh, well, as a matter of fact, they look at the license as a privilege, just like they do a hunting license. You know, if you violate the rules of it, they take the privilege away from you. Okay, and so so y- you think that carrying a firearm is a privilege and not a right? No, I think that it is a right, but it comes with attachments to it, just like anything else does. But that's, you that's you, you you compared it to a driver's license. So the question is: yeah. is a driver's license, a privilege, or a right in the eyes of the government? Well, I think it is, but I do not think that it's one of the amendments like the carrying the firearm is, if that's the distinction that you're looking for. So you think driving is all right. Okay. Uh, another thing, me, you, you said that it's going to make tain, uh, Texas more dangerous, but if you look at the other 18 states that currently have constitutional carry, in all 18 states, uh, like gun deaths, uh, injuries to guns, um, and shootings didn't actually increase. So I, I understand that, that so that's the storyline out there. How's Texas? Okay, that's the storyline that's out there. I don't necessarily believe the statistics, but what I would tell you and, and what so, I would contend is the fact, and that is that somebody that is untrained with a dangerous piece of equipment, whether it be a chainsaw or anything else that has no knowledge of it, that is going to lend itself to more either accidents or people getting hurt unintentionally. That, and that just it becomes what I would call common sense. Now, I would also say that common sense is not so common these days, but okay. it only makes a logical sense. If you're not trained with a piece of equipment, to call the, the gun a piece of equipment, okay. you're likely to have a problem. You wouldn't put a guy in a machine shop that says, go run that lathe over there and not know anything about okay. the, uh, the, the lathe. I, I wouldn't Alan? think to do that. Yes. Where where do you get your statistics from? Uh, the statistics I just quoted you is FBI statistics. Where where is your statistics coming from? 
So just so I know. I would, I would, I mean, I would post the question. I'd say I, I can't answer the question other than common sense. And so I would okay. ask your comments. Do you think somebody that's untrained will be as safe as somebody that is trained with anything that's dangerous? Oh, uh, using that? using the statistics from the FBI and actual sources, um, I I will say that I believe that constitutional carry will not increase um, gun injuries or gun deaths or gun violence. In in the eighteen states, none of none of that has shown up. So if 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 someone will present you with the statistics, would you change your mind? No, now that you know the statistics, I, I would not change my mind because I think that I have common sense, and I would pose the question back to you: Do you think you could get into an airplane and fly? Forget constitutional right and okay. fly that without any training. And okay. you're answer no. What what you what you are doing is trying to equate one thing to another thing. I'm asking you. For because of the statistics that that is hard hard data shows that what you think is not true, would you change your mind? No, I, I wouldn't change my mind because because I look at it like liars figure and figures lie. I don't believe the statistics if they're saying that it is equally or not equally the, the same as is having training versus not having training. Okay. That is okay. Not well. What what reasoning do you think the FBI would have for lying about that? Well, uh, you know, we might call it something political. There's a lot of things the FBI have done in the last few years that I don't think is completely kosher as far as, you know, the investigation of certain political figures and so forth. That doesn't seem to be logical. So yeah. how do you believe anything else that they do if what you have is not logical to start with? Because most of the time they lean left wing and they lean to, towards the anti-gun side. And if they And if they had statistics showing that constitutional carry made states – less safe I, I i believe that they would jump on it okay then then we are absolutely entitled to our own opinion on that well, it's, it's, that. it's not really opinion it's hard data no you're what you're saying is the hard data that is produced by the fbi is something that you believe in and i'm saying i don't believe in the hard data because i don't believe that the fbi or frankly very many of the government agencies are true to form as far as can you trust them then look, that's kind of what then, then let me go back to this. Where is the data showing that states with constitutional carry um, is less safe? Even anti-gun organizations don't put out data showing that constitution. They say that they believe the constitutional carry will make them less safe, but they don't actually ever actually put out statistics. If statistics showed that constitutional carry states becomes more dangerous, don't you think groups like Every Town and Moms Demand Action would put that out everywhere in Giffords? Well, I, I guess I have to say that I just simply don't know. I mean, you know, how, how do those numbers get from A to B in terms of, of what you're saying? I, I don't necessarily believe in statistics that uh, that someone that I don't particularly trust, in this case the government, are accurate statistics. That's what I think. Okay, well, so it, how, how about how about uh, college studies? Let's well, show that because uh, there are university yeah. studies from very left wing universities that show that there's no actual danger or uh, crime research center. Um, that's a, no, that's a, that's yeah. another that's another they did a whole workup on studies on on constitutional carries. Uh, okay, so then, well, then I guess I can't answer the question other than I don't trust the surveys because common sense tells me that someone that is trained will be more safe than someone that is not trained. Okay, well, Especially what I see on the firing line when people come to my class that have zero experience. Now, I, that is not FBI statistics. That is me physically looking and dealing with somebody that doesn't know what they're doing to start with. That is physically okay, happening. Uh, well, our- are you familiar with the with the saying that you should always try to discount anecdotal evidence because anecdotal evidence usually leads you in the wrong direction? Um, I, I, I'm not particularly, no, I'm not necessarily familiar with that particular theory. Well, well, what that it's, it's, well, that basically says what you think 
because what you see on a daily basis may not be reality on a wider scale. Would you okay. would you give that? Would you consider that might be the case here? No, I don't. I, it wouldn't change my mind if that's what the question. No, is. no, I it's not a change of mind. I'm just saying. Do you think that that might be something that might be coming into play here? After that question, we're going to we're going to jump onto something else. Okay. All right. Let, let me make one point, if I can, and then we can go on to the next, to your next point, if we will. When uh, the president of the United States, the most powerful person in the world, says there is no crisis down in Mexico on the southern border, which is our state, do you believe that's the case? Because the government has told us that. He's the most important person in the world. Do we believe that? Well, the answer to me is no. And yeah, so you but, but if you look at – but in the same case, if you look at the actual data, you actually see that there's a crisis down there by looking at the hard numbers. That, that's right. And so someone is someone has come up with the hard numbers on that. And so then that means that Joe Biden, in this case, the president, is not is not truthful about the thing. But uh, he is the government. And so I don't believe things from the government just but, because they say it. But the crime research is in the government and either is uh, you know, uh, UCLA Berkeley. Yeah, we'll say it again. UCLA Berkeley and Crime Research uh, Center, they're not government and they have the same. Right. And they came to the same you, conclusion as the FBI. You, you, you said that this came from the, the University of uh, Southern California, Berkeley. Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, absolutely not. I believe exactly well, nothing that comes out of Berkeley. Well, why would they? Know? Why would they? They're, they're far left, which is, I don't think you would deny that. Why would they? Not that. But, why, but would, also, why would they put our, our crime research center? They're not far left. They're center of the road. Uh, if it comes from Berkeley, then there's no credibility there. How about Crime Research Center? Uh, okay, well, we just have to use another example of Berkeley. I don't believe anything that comes from Okay, out of Crime Berkeley. Research Center, you might want to look through. If you go to crimeresearch.org, uh, you can you can see a bunch of different studies on this. Um, but uh, let, let, let's move on. Let's move okay, on. Okay. What do you say to people who say that um, you got – because the, in the letter it talks about – you guys uh, losing money if they get rid of it. Well, I mean that that's the factual uh, because but, people. Well, I, I mean, once again, I, I'm going to ask uh, answer your question with the question: If you could go buy a gun and not go to take training, would you do that? And the answer, of course, is you could be yes because that's going to. Well, no, absolutely yes. not. I, I would I would say got training, and uh, if you look at the training. Uh, in like Oklahoma, for example, that passed constitutional carry, uh, training people taking training actually went up. Uh, yeah, and that'd be that would be. I mean, I don't know again where the statistics come from, but once again, I revert to common sense. Uh, well, you can't you, you can't keep on going back to common sense when the when the math and the facts say something different. Um, if it's if. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I just don't believe the facts because I don't believe where it comes from is factual. And because it doesn't trump my common sense thinking. I just can't believe it that somebody would say that and whether it's factual. That's real difficult. You know, the sun comes out and someone says, look, fact says the sun's not coming out today. I don't believe it if I'm looking at the sun shining. Well, well, on the same token, someone can say the sun comes out and the sun actually comes out and you can be in a dark room and you can say, well, I'm not seeing the sun, so the sun must not be out. What would you say to something like that? Well, I mean, you're right. That that could happen, and that could perhaps be a, a narrow-minded viewpoint. But once again, you know, you do you say, think well, you have a narrow-minded viewpoint when it comes to this? I, I may very well be a narrow-minded person on that, but I, my, you know, my whole life has worked on common sense and gut feelings on stuff. And when someone tells me that it is just as safe to have a gun with no training as it is to have a gun with training, I do not believe that. How do you know people aren't going to seek training? How do I know they're not going to seek training? Yeah, without saying common sense, because common sense, that's kind of like, uh, seems like a go-to answer, but that's not actually backing it up with any facts or any, anything really. 
Right. Well, so so, uh, uh, then again, I would pose the question to you and, you know, put a people in a room of, you know, 50 people in a room and say, look, you can have a gun. You don't have to take training. Training is going to cost you $100. Would you like to have the training or not? You still get to carry the gun because the constitutional uh, the Constitution says you can. And so uh, uh, how many of them are going to take the training and, and, and spend the 100 bucks? Well, less are going to do that. How many of them will be safer by doing it? I think most of them. And that's, that is my take. That's the instructor's take for the most part. Now, there's going to be some instructors that believe what you're talking about, but there's others. The, ma- that the majority of instructors, people. actually. No, it's, they don't. Well, we're going to see about that. Uh, you know, they posted, they posted a letter that was taken uh, from the press release that was taken by the side that's proposing this bill. And they said, you know, out of the 2,900 instructors in Texas, only 54 of them signed this letter. Well, less than 54. Uh, a, a few. I've talked to, I, I, I would say, probably a good, like, like a third, if not more, said that they never actually put the name on the letter. Well, I don't know. I, and I don't know the, I, can, I don't know the how that came from i i got an email that said do you support this and i said i do not support the bill and that was how my name apparently appeared on the letter in the first place i don't know how ever how the others got a name on there i simply don't know the answer yeah i've been talking to everyone everyone on that um and, and so a third of them say they didn't sign the letter didn't sign the letter or they were told it was for something else including someone who has a history of supporting constitutional carry and spoke on the bill four times uh, and a positive like well, he ended up on the letter. I, I don't know how. I mean, I know I, I didn't physically sign anything, but I responded to the email says, yes, I agree with the fact that uh, that uh, taking the test and, and going through the course. Otherwise, you know, otherwise it's a lot of it's kind of a self-destroying deal for what have I been doing for a quarter of a century if it exactly means no good to anybody. Well, I, I mean, I, I've done it for the same amount of time and I would love to have had gone away um but uh here here's the thing um are you aware that the letter actually came from a texas gun sense a texas what gun sense it's an anti-gun group uh bloomberg group uh, that the that the letter came from that no i'm not no as a matter of fact i thought the the royal uh, uh whatever name is yeah uh, he's actually he's actually one of the board members and he and you're saying he's a did i hear you say he's an anti-gun person texas gun sense is uh, basically like uh, another mom's demand action but with more than just moms if you go to texas gun sense if you look them up on the internet uh they uh they are for universal background checks, uh, banning of assault weapons, so-called assault weapons, uh, and, and a slew of other things. And they're allied with Moms Demand Action, Every Town, Giffords, Brady. A lot okay, of people didn't well, realize that. <laughs> no, I mean, I have been in touch with them quite a bit. As a matter of fact, by email, I've been in touch with them as, 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 uh, as recent as you know, an hour ago, uh, and and I know, and I watched him on TV, and I uh, had uh, and Zoom conversations with him and others, and you he, never he seemed, and he never mentioned that he is a board member of Texas Gun Sense. No, I think the name of his company is. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's like, like safety. Yeah, but. Um. Yeah, a, yeah, lo- a lot of people I, don't. De- a lot of people apparently he didn't wasn't too forthcoming with that information to people. But, but okay, is the bottom line that he is, in fact, in favor of this constitutional carry as opposed to opposed to it? Oh, no, no. Raul is, no, he's not in favor of it. He's totally against it, but he's also against most other gun stuff because he's a member of an anti-gun group, a board member. And what does that other group stand for? What's their purpose in life, if you don't mind? Gun control. Um, so he is uh, he is in favor or not in favor of gun control? He is definitely in favor of gun control. 
Well, now, okay, then we'd have to kind of get to the definition of gun control. I mean, the left-hand side of the equation is, you know, we don't want anybody to have guns. I mean, that's the extreme deal. Nobody should have guns. And the, and gun control is how we're going to get those guns out of the hands of folks, and that's whoever else that is. So I guess what gun control is, it maybe means a little different thing to different people. Uh, well, uh, well, well let, me, let me do this. Let me ask you, are you in favor of universal background checks? Yes, 100%. All right. Extreme risk protection orders, red flag laws. But say that again. Red flag laws. Oh, like, red, you said red flag laws? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yes. Well, now, now, of course, what it means to me, and I don't know if this is the correct definition, but red flag laws mean uh, they're going to uh, red flag certain areas where certain folks can't buy uh, houses in that area. That's what I... No, no, it's are. it's like uh, someone can call up and say, hey, I think uh, Alan's a danger to himself, and they will come in and take all your guns and you have to prove that you're not a danger to anyone. Yeah, I would not be in favor of that, but we we both know, you know, statistics or not, that it's the crazy people that, uh, that end up doing the shooting, like this one at the FedEx facility the other day. Yeah. That guy had a mental problem. And most of them do, and we—I think we would agree. I would hope we'd agree with that. Yeah, uh, these okay. safe storage laws is what safe storage laws. Absolutely. Okay, assault weapons ban. Well, once again, you know, you've missed it a little bit earlier. You know, you have to decide what an assault weapon is. I'm ex-military, so I know exactly what an assault weapon is and what they're talking about, like an AR. They they, they sneak that one by, but they say look like assault weapons, you know, like an AR-15. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That That's what I'm talking about, like banning of AR-15s, uh, you know, modern sporting okay. rifles, AKs. No. All right, no, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, well, I'm telling you what they're in favor of. Okay, yeah, I'm in favor of uh, AR-15s, and call it whatever you want to, but I'm in favor of them. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, um, yeah, I just wanted to let you know uh, what they are in favor of. Um, and a lot of people aren't didn't know that he landed in that camp. They didn't know that what he he was he was a mem- he was a board member of a uh, anti gun group. And and my and I don't know the particulars of that particular group. I'm truly not I'm not aware of that. Do you but think Bloomberg's anti gun? Well, he is because he's a far left person. I get that. Just as our what's the crazy well, senator we have down out the, the Beto guy. Well, uh, uh, Bloomberg. Yeah. Bloomberg is directly involved is involved with this group. So. Of the anti-gun group. Yes. Well, is it anti-guns? In other words, anti-Second Amendment, or is it just anti-guns to unauthorized people? That'd be the question. Uh, no, they 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 believe that like a lot of guns should not be in the hands of anyone. And that, that no gun should be in a, guns well, should I, not be in the well. I didn't say all guns. Uh, like. Like uh, modern sporting rifles. Um, but, you know, are you familiar with Moms Demand Action? Uh, I, I didn't hear that. Are My, you familiar not, with Moms Demand Action? No. You're not familiar with Moms Demand How about Every Town? No. Okay. Are you familiar it's with any familiar. anti-gun groups? Not, I mean, not specifically and not really. I mean, I understand they're out there and I do, you know, I understand that's the side of the equation that they're going to be on. But, you know, the, what I would say the left, sometimes the far left, sometimes the radical left. But I understand that. But those, the, I don't believe in that because I believe in the Constitution. Uh, and then I, but I think that there, it's, I believe in the Constitution, but I also believe that there are certain criteria for certain things that you can do with your freedom, but you have to be qualified to do it. How about freedom of speech? Do you think Absolutely. you should take you should you should have to take a, ta- a test for freedom of speech? Well, once again, no, I don't think you should necessarily have to take a test, but I, def- I definitely think that there's a criteria of where freedom of speech stops, and you know perhaps it, you know perhaps it's the extreme place that it stops is when somebody tries to burn down Portland. That's not freedom of speech anymore, but certainly people certainly think it is. So yeah, I mean, there's not a test that you have to take to have freedom of speech. 
right? Well, well, certain well all, arson's a crime, and so is like uh, like shooting other people unprovoked of a crime. So I, I, I so I think that would be more of a like fair comparison. And so then I would ask the question, and I, you know, once again, I go back to asking the question. So when people burn down and arson things and, and their riots, their, their, their uh, protests turn into riots and they go into jail and they get out the same day because someone's put up a fund to get them out on bail. Uh, is that a right thing or a good thing to do? And does that send a message of any sort? I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not really getting your point of what that has to do with, with, uh, uh like, licensing a legal activity all right well okay so, all right so uh, that probably was not the best analogy but what but i keep going back to what i think the instructors at least my group stands for and that is we want the freedoms that's for sure you know i put on a one uniform for a number of years to, to, to defend those freedoms but i would also say that they it, that everything comes with a little bit of a price that you have to pay in order to qualify to do that. And I think the minimum price is the six hours to learn how to do something to make you not dangerous. And I would equate that with anything that I talked about before, like buying an airplane or driving a race car, practicing medicine or practicing law. But none of those things that you just listed are constitutional rights. Well, I think they're freedoms right to happiness. I want to pursue happiness and I want to be a lawyer but I don't want to take a test well, to do that. Well, does, you can say that, someone can say I want to produce, pursue happiness for, for being a drug dealer, and that's not constitutionally protected. So, no, it's an illegal activity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. What what I'm saying is you can't lump it into, you know, the right to pursue happiness because sometimes the right to pursue happiness is right to pursue like legal happiness and so the like driving and all that stuff doesn't really fall under the constitution i don't think there's any law scholar in the country that would say that it does right but, but so okay so the pursuit happiness it's not a constitutional but it's in the constitution we have the right to do that yeah but that happiness. has nothing to do with driving i mean yeah you might like to drive and it might make you happy but that's not what that's not what that that phrase is talking about. It's not talking about driving or being a lawyer. Okay, so so you're. I guess you're saying that certain things that we can do that require a license, then there's other things that we should be able to do by the Constitution that don't require training or a license. Is that kind of where you're going with all this? No, I, no. I'm just trying to get your opinion uh, because you keep on saying I, driving, I, but driving is not mentioned in the Constitution. Being a lawyer is not mentioned mentioned in the Constitution. Um, Flying an airplane is not mentioned in the Constitution, but the right to bear arms is mentioned in the Constitution. I just want to see if you think that there's any difference or if it's the same. Uh, I, I think that the common sense applies whether it's in the Constitution or not. And that is what I keep saying is that to do these certain things, you have to be qualified to do them. Qualified typically means training, oftentimes means a license. And, if, and, and the items that I listed and that we both listed I think I'll fit into that same category. But whether it's you, in the should you need a license to speak your mind? You, you should not you need a license to speak your mind. However, just they are the old one that you've heard a million times. You can't go into a theater and yell fire, and that may be speaking your mind, and that's illegal. Yeah, but you can't. Should have, I mean, that's more akin to pulling out a gun in a mall and start firing it up in the air. It causes panic, and that's not the same as carrying a firearm concealed where it doesn't cause panic. You're not going into the mall firing it up in the air. You're not, but of course, if you know, I actually had an incident here not far from us where at a gun range, a guy set off a 50 caliber accidentally. It shot up in the air, and the bullet came down a couple of miles away and hit a lady in the arm. And so that that's that, that's uh, an accident, and there was a it was a mistake that was made. Yeah, it's reckless. Was it's, it, well, it, it, the, he was charged with reckless endangerment because that is a crime. That so, was a crime, but yeah, yeah exactly. But well, right. so what does that have to do with? Uh, in the post of fifty cal, you're not going to get a concealed carry permit to carry a fifty cal either. Yeah. 
as a general rule, that's probably where you can, but that's that, but that's general rule. That's that's not going to happen. But nonetheless, it could have been anything. It so, could have been an AR-15 or, or an M-16, and the same thing could have happened. So well, you, are you, know, you, you you're not getting a concealed carry permit to carry an AR-15 either. No, you're not. But it's so it could have been a handgun. You know. That, well, then the if you pulled thing. out a handgun with with no. If you had a concealed carry permit or not, if you if you fired up in the air and you hit someone, that still would be reckless endangerment because it still would be illegal. You're, you're you're right. That would have been illegal, and a person that has been trained with a firearm has a less likelihood of making that accidental discharge. You, I mean, Once you again, you do you have any statistics to back that up? Common sense. If you don't well, believe you that, can't, we just, yeah, well, we're not the, it's, we, you keep on saying common sense, which is your go-to answer. And I understand that. And I understand where you're coming from. But what I, what I, I, I deal in facts. I, I tell everyone that I deal in facts. I don't deal in an opinion. I deal in, or, uh, you know, conjecture or anecdotal evidence or hearsay. I deal in, Raw data and facts. Um, okay, I'm a math guy. And so, I, I deal with math. I deal with statistics. And looking at the statistics, I, I I can tell you that you're wrong. Okay, I mean you're and and so my answer would always be consider the source. Is it a correct statistic well, that the president says no crisis on the border? Is that a correct because it's on the news? Well, that, well that the, he's not using a statistic there. He's saying there's no crisis on the border. If you look at the statistics, it shows there's no crisis on the border. So he <laughs> so he's taking more of a stance of you by not giving any by not giving any hard data. By just saying that there no no crisis on the border, that's like you saying common sense. Where if you actually look at the hard data in both cases, he is proven wrong, and um, it it your it doesn't really show you as being correct. Okay, and so the source is the question. That, that's the, so then it gets down to but that. it's the multiple source. sources. It's multiple unrelated sources. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that's going on. It's unrelated sources. And, but and can that, you, you show know, me that, one source that disproves any of that? Well, and I, and I would say just look at other. I, I can't prove that particular one, but I can certainly, I suppose, prove that, you know, the stuff of, uh, you know, Hunter Biden was not involved in any foul play with the China deal. Because how do we know that? Well, because the government has told us that. But that's not statistics. That. That's someone saying something. That's not hard. That's not raw numbers. Uh, okay, so the raw, it's the source of the raw numbers. You know, that's that's what we say, and I don't believe the raw numbers. If that's what you're but, saying, but uh, but I I don't know. I, I I honestly, I honestly, I honestly think that I mean I I I think you believe everything that you're saying. I don't think I I, I don't think that uh, there's a lot of people online saying that uh, a lot of the instructors are doing it just because they're worried about losing money. I really haven't touched yeah. that subject with you because I don't think that's your reason for opposing this. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be very clear. I do not think that's your reason at all for opposing this. You mean because I'll be losing money? Is that what you're yeah, saying? I don't believe that's your yeah. reason. Yeah, that that's a fact. I, and I think I told you, I do military people for free. And so you don't make any money on that deal. I'm going to cost me money. But nonetheless, yeah, yeah but, it's not. But, yeah, that's why I haven't really pounded you on those questions. I, I ask tough questions and I take a lot of, uh, uh, you know, the, I guess you can say um, I played the devil's advocate because that's where you really get to know what people actually think. Um, we're on the same page and maybe we're not what I actually think is if, if this is what I actually think if statistics come from Berkeley or if they come from the FBI then I always say consider the source and weigh that against what common sense tells you and that's what I would say That's I've made a, a living for about 78 years on the planet by using common sense I've been relatively successful in doing that that's not going to change. When someone tells me that it is just as safe to have a person with a gun that is not trained as it is to have a person with a gun that is well, trained, 
common sense and what I've been my experience over the last quarter of a century tells me that is not the case. So you can cite all the statistics you want that will not change my mind uh, based okay. on the statistics. Yeah. Been- I, uh, yeah, I got that. I, I, I'm pretty sure that. Uh, last question. Are you f- – What? I mean, actually, I got two more questions. What would you say to people who say that you should – learn a little bit more about the whole second amendment fight because uh you don't really know a lot about it and i think you would admit that too um yeah you don't know the players or anything what would you say to people who who say you should learn a little bit more about what's going on and so, and my answer to that would be, you're right. I'm not certainly a constitutional lawyer, nor am I a scholar in the Constitution. But it is my understanding Which that the Second Amendment. I, I commend you for admitting that because a lot of people won't. I mean, I will admit that I'm not a constitutional expert either, but a lot of people won't. Um, but what I'm more talking about is uh, you don't know, like the the anti-gun groups. You don't know. You probably know the NRA. Uh, you, I, I don't know if you know GOA, Gun Owners of America, or FPC, or any of those other ones. Um, no, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not a studier of those. Uh, what yeah, I would call well, well, types. Of- yeah, but that that brings me to my question: What would you say to people who say you should be if if you're going to be teaching firearms and you're going to be dealing with firearms, you should at least know the players in the arena uh i I think it's probably a plus and maybe a good idea but i don't think it's mandatory at least based on the statutes that that the that was laid out in the instruction that that i had uh in austin they didn't they never they never brought up one time you need to get familiar with the anti-gun group they said here's what you need to learn here's what you need to teach and they spent you know a pretty pretty sophisticated amount of time doing that the first go around then we had to go back every couple of years to learn the changes and stuff like that that was a trip to austin an overnight deal and a, you know an ex- right, okay final question expense and the time consuming deal. well there's you actually know, two I've been teaching, I've told you. they said now you need to go be so you know i keep questioning whether all that stuff you know now that people are saying well you don't really need all that stuff well why was i doing it for the last quarter of a century if it's not necessary and so that belittles what, you know, it's not my occupation, but it belittles what I've been doing and what my passion has been this period of time. That someone says, it's not really necessary that you know all that stuff. and certainly not necessary that you teach it to anybody. You'll be fine without it. That's the message, and that's not something I believe in. Okay. Regardless of what the FBI or Berkeley says. All right. Uh, so are, are you familiar with the term FUD? Say the word again. FUD. A FUD is someone, F-U-D-D, it's someone who uh, states uh, no one needs a bump stock, everyone should go through background checks, uh, you know, uh, stuff like that. Uh, would you consider yourself a FUD? That's like, you know. I believe in going through the background checks. No, no, and like no one needs a bump stock, um, you know. And well, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I'm not quite sure of the question, but let me try and answer it this way. Is I think people should go through the, uh, should go through the, the background check, but, uh, and I do think they should not have the illegal, what is, uh, the bump stock wasn't illegal, now it is. They should not have that. If it's illegal, I would certainly say that. Uh, did that kind of answer the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, def- that definitely does answer the question. Uh and one more question. Do you, would you consider yourself pro 2A? And this is the final question, I promise. <laughs> no, that's okay. Pro, pro what? Pro Second Amendment. Uh, yes, but I, but we also know that there's different interpretations of it. Is my understanding the Second Amendment came about uh, as it relates to tyranny of the government. Am I wrong on that? Like I said, I'm not a constitutional. No, it, it did. It did come from tyranny. It was a multifaceted thing. It's just not tyranny of the government. It's tyranny of the government protection of oneself and family. Um, and yeah. Uh, and, uh, basically going back to the tyranny of the government thing. Um, if you read, 
I don't know if you've ever read the Federalist Papers or Anti-Federalist Papers, the writings of Madison or anything like that. Um, they make it pretty clear that they didn't really want the government in the business of firearms at all. So yeah, okay. I, I think that's a, one of the one of the reasons why it's called constitutional carry is going back to the original founding fathers. Um, and uh, Jefferson actually talks about it a lot because of, um, you know, the tyranny instead of Madison in Washington. Because, yeah, and and and, and that that time in our history, then then that was uh, probably a big factor. To, and, I, and I would understand that. And so it's like it's a it's a, a moving document. It, it has evolved as time has gone on. And frankly, so has the handgun or license and carry deal. Yeah. Along the way. I, I, I don't What's think the, the original 10 has not changed. It's the same. They've never ratified the original 10. No, no. Never, uh, the document itself has not changed, but the interpretation has certainly changed over the years, has it not? Yeah, but but I, I don't think it should uh, because, you know, then I can reinterpret anything. I can reinterpret, I can reinterpret myself being a chicken. Instead of human, you know, just because you, you say I'm going to reinterpret it a different way. doesn't actually change his actual meaning. Uh, no, but I mean, that's always what the question is. What is the actual meaning? I mean, they've well, talked the, about that stuff. Well, if you read the Federalist Papers, which I've read all the Federalist Papers, I've read Madison, I've read uh, Washington Jefferson, I've read John Locke, uh, which, you know, a lot of the stuff is based on writings of John Locke. Um, and yeah, so that's where I get my information from. If you read all those, um, and plus the Heller decision made it pretty, pretty damn clear, uh, you know, what the Supreme court thinks of the second amendment as well. But, okay. So, I mean, if you take all that and I'm, and I'm not going to debate on this deal, but if you take all that stuff, literally, you know, you take one thing like you're entitled to whatever it is, two mules and a, that's not in the constitution that that's from uh, that's from uh post civil war um when after the emancipation that's not from the constitution two mules and an acre of land that's 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 i that is that has nothing to do with the constitution at all uh that goes back to when they freed the slaves Okay. Um, that's right. that's well, what that's what they promised each freed slave. Right. Okay. That, <laughs> that's what it was. So yeah. So yeah. I I don't think you really want to go in in that direction <laughs> because I don't no. want you saying anything that's gonna. Well, I'm just, uh, the, the uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying, but I don't. I don't want you to say anything that's gonna offend people <laughs> by accident. Yeah, that, that's right. And and I guess where I was going with that is maybe the two mules could be construed as maybe, you know, a car today because they didn't have a car back then. That's all I'm saying is when they talk about it in the Constitution. But man, they, they don't talk about that in the Constitution, though. <laughs> that's the whole entire point. The two okay. mules and yeah. an acre of land is not in the Constitution at all. That's That was from the Reconstruction period after the Civil War, and that wasn't in the Constitution. That's okay, what they language. promised promised uh free slaves uh during the emancipation con- hello uh well i guess that would be it um yeah uh huh let me just call him back and say uh thanks i gotta get I'm just going to call back and say thanks. I got to get to bed. Hello? Hey, I'm sorry. We must have got disconnected there. Well, I mean, that's all I really had for you anyway. I really need to get to bed. (laughs) Um, It's like 1130 here. I've been up. uh, I was up till two o'clock last night working on another story and got back up at like five o'clock to work on a story. <laughs> what is the publication that you work for, John? Uh, I work for MLN News. I also write for Soldier of Fortune magazine. I've written for the Houston Current. I've written for uh, 
uh, Outdoor Magazine. Uh, I've been in Truth About Guns. I've been uh, Daily Caller, Daily Wire. Um, I've been all over the place. Okay, no, that's good. All right. Well, I, I mean, I think you've gotten, uh, hopefully, you've got what my position yeah. is. and that's- I, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I like doing interviews this way. Like I said, it was going to be a tough interview, and I think you would admit it was. But uh, because even the stuff I do agree on, I still take an adversarial role because that's how you get to know what people actually think, you know. Right. And I mean, I, you know, I, I would like to say that I'm kind of the good guy on this out of those folks that are out there. I mean, you know, I don't take one hardcore position, uh, but I do try and incorporate logic and common sense into my thinking and my actions and logic and common sense, notwithstanding FBI statistics, tells me that somebody that's trained is going to be safer than somebody that's not trained. It's just that simple and with that, nothing more. And, you know, notwithstanding statistics or whatever it is, I, I just don't see that. I, I cannot be convinced that someone not trained will be as safe as someone that is trained. Okay. That, that, that is my position. I and will so, give. I mean, that's where we are. It's like, as you know, that in the Senate, uh, that, that's coming up. But the, the House, uh, they went right down. I watched every minute of it. The House went right down the deal. There were proposed amendments all the way down. Some of them were made common sense. Some of them were a little bit silly. And they just denied every one of them. Like said, let's get this over with and move on. And they just didn't pay any attention to the common sense or, or the logic of some of those things, at least the amendment part of the deal. And so that tells me that, you know, and, and that's the other thing. Now, you, I, I say that the NRA has a dog in the hunt, meaning the more guns that are out there, the more money they get. And I, and maybe I'm cynical, but that's what I believe. I don't think that the NRA, who has spent a lot of time and effort on training people, they're saying, well, we did all this stuff and it was really worthless. I, I just can't believe that. But that may be the case. I don't know. Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna give you the final word. I will throw this up on a, a Dropbox. I'll send you a link. It probably won't be till tomorrow because I am, like I said, I am, okay. <laughs> I am exhausted. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Well, right, but but I get up tomorrow. Good. Thank you so much uh, for your time, and I will send you the raw copy so you can do whatever you else, uh, okay, whatever you want with it. it. Um. And, uh, like I said, I'm, I won't put any type of conjecture or anything out there. I won't say, oh, Alan is so anti-gun or anything like that. I'll just throw it up there and let people decide. Okay. Now, uh, is this going to be sent to me by email? How are you going to get this? Yeah, I will send it. To, I'll send you an email. Okay. So you have my email address, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That's how okay. we set this up. Remember? <laughs> Yeah, okay, no, I'm old. I forget things real quick. But, okay, no, I do remember now. I'm not that old. Uh, I'm I'm 45, and I forget things all the time already. So I think I'm in uh, <laughs> for a rough time when I get older. And, and I didn't know where you were calling or coming from, and that's why I asked you the question about my high school classmate who has your same last name. No, I, I, I really don't know that much of of the crump side of my family, so. Other side I would be able to tell you, but not, I don't really know. So it could be, but maybe not. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Not a problem. Okay. Well, it was good talking to you. I mean, I don't know that, that you or I were really enlightened by the conversation, but it was interesting. Well, it, well it's, not, it's not for you or I. It's for the general public so they can make up their own mind. Yeah. I, 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 okay. And so, I mean, I don't know how you're going to write it up there. You can tell them, you know, Alan doesn't believe in FBI statistics. You know, you tell them. What no, no, no. But. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to throw the raw audio up there. I'm not going to add anything. Okay. So people can All listen right. to the raw audio and they, then they can decide because this whole thing has been blown up and it's all over the internet. People are talking about it everywhere. So, you know, we'll we'll, well we'll let people decide for themselves. Is there is is the general direction? If I can ask, is the general direction leaning towards the constitutional, whatever it's called, carry as opposed to the uh, to, to learn what you're doing, carry overall. Yeah, overall in the gun world, I would say about over ninety percent leaning towards constitutional carry with people in the gun world. Okay. Way over ninety percent. Is it to say that it's so important to be constitutionally correct that we don't need the training, even though it may or may not be more dangerous? Is that more or less what they're saying? 
Or is that a good way analogy? I wouldn't say it's a good. Uh, I mean, a lot of the people, a lot of the people who read gun magazines and stuff are actually really fluent in the actual statistics and actually done the research um, and, and uh, are actually saw the research out there. Uh, so there, a lot of them are really informed. Uh, there is definitely a segment of people who say even if it's less dangerous, I mean, even if it's more dangerous, uh, dang- dangerous freedom is better than uh, peaceful servitude. So that's another that's another thing. So I wouldn't say that everyone takes that stance, but I would say a lot of people do take that stance. Uh, so I I couldn't really give you a number of which is which. And they they actually use that terminology. If we must get a license, then that is servitude. I mean, that's like an indentured servant sort of thing, is it not? I mean, if I, the way I understand the word servitude, we are required to do that. The government is really stretching what they're dealing with because they're making us take a license in, in a class. To no, it's That's, no, it's 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 a it's a saying. Um, it means a lot of different things. It's a it's a saying. It's not. It, it it's basically it, basically what it means is. If the government can force me to do something, uh, to give up a right, which they believe that you have the right to carry without going without government permission, if if the government forces you to give up a right, you are no longer a citizen, but you are a vassal or a plebe or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, a subject. I got it. A subject, yeah. Okay. Now, and you'd know this sooner than I would, but how about the income tax? Is that within the, the, the how does that fit into the scheme of things? I mean, uh, well, they make me pay income. I don't like that. Does that mean I'm a servant? Well, that's there's, there's an amendment for income tax. Oh, there is? Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I didn't know I'll study that stuff all day long. I'll yeah, yeah. There, there, it's actually an amendment. Uh, I think it's the 14th Amendment. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, now, I say, I'm, I'm, I, I, it may be that I've overdone this, but I just, for a while, you know, I kind of dance with what brung me. My common sense has got me, you know, okay in this world, and I don't particularly want to change that right now. I mean, yeah, that's the same thing with the law, you know, of the, of the deal that for a quarter of a century, this deal has worked, and so why do we want to change that, you know? You know, I don't get that. But there's a lot of changes going on these days. You know? I think it's, 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 it's 14th. I'm in 16th. I'm in 16th. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I'm no, telling you the wrong amendment. A lot of people don't like the 16th amendment, but it, it, it's no, there. If that's what we do. I get it. Yeah, but there are a lot of changes going on these days. I guess if you're four years old, you get to change whether or not you want to be a boy or a girl these days. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think... Uh, uh, Congress, uh, it was ratified in 1909, I believe, the 16th Amendment. Because there was a case yeah. back in 1895 that went up to the Supreme Court. It was uh, Farmer's Loan and Trust versus, uh, what the guy's name is? Pollock first Farmer's Savings and Trust, I believe it was, back in 1895. And, and well, that's interesting. Like I say I don't keep up with it like you no, did. Now you no, are. Con- no, hold on, hold on, wait, wait. Uh, kind of wrong. No, Congress ratified it in 1909, and in the states, and it was finally ratified by the states in 1913. That's right. So it took five years. Yeah, it's, it's, five years. yeah, because you know Congress ratifies it. It's just the way the you know the uh, two thirds of the states, all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, I studied the Constitution pretty much a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you could tell or not. <laughs> well, it sounds interesting. So if you study it, then you'd like to take it, you know, word for word and verbatim and all that. I, I get that, I suppose. So I can, you know, perhaps understand your position. And then if it's backed by the statistics, I understand that your position would certainly be enhanced on all that stuff. Uh, I just, uh, I view things, you know, okay. I, by my own position, I'm a little cynical about, all, oh. maybe a lot cynical about well, a lot of things. But, well, I mean, well, we but, can, we can disagree. We can disagree. And that doesn't mean that we have to be enemies. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't like to be enemies with anybody. That's not. Yeah, we well, can disagree, thing. and you sent, you seem like a really nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I am a nice guy. I mean, I'm the original Boy Scout. I do all the stuff that's nice guy stuff. I suppose. All right, yeah. uh, well, that works. Well, yeah, we can disagree. Um, but yeah, um, I'll send. And like I said, I don't do ambush interviews, and I don't. I, I do old school journalism, so there you go. <laughs> Oh, that's that's fine, and and uh, yeah, okay. So yeah, I mean, it's all good. So you know, that if it wasn't for opinions, then we, you know, we're all entitled to at least one, I suppose. You know what they, you know what they say, opinions are like. Uh, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> it out loud, you never know. But yeah, so yeah. we all have at least one. Exactly. So no, it's all good. But and, you know, and and I, I'd like to think that I'm, you know, the good guy. I, you know, and and I. I, I... All right. We... Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, we just disagree. I have a, uh, variety of thin cars. So, and the guns are just you know part of the list of things that I have interest in. So my my main thrust of stuff I do is cars and motorcycles. Yeah, my main thrust so, is uh, Constitution. <laughs> no, okay. So each you know different. Who was a different stroke for different folks? Yeah, that, exactly. Probably, yeah, and they date you a little bit. That goes back to the sixties, I think. That was uh, what was his name. Uh, one had a was a songwriter singer that had one name. Oh, Donovan was his name, I think. Uh, that's before your time. Yeah. Uh, uh. Uh, different stroke for different folk was his yeah. Uh, deal. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, John, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, thank so you so much. To see what I said, you never know in the light of day. You know if it's uh, if it's what I what I said or what I meant. But uh, no, I mean I I I think uh, I, you didn't try to dodge any questions, and you said what you what you believe, and that's all that I can ask. Um, a lot of times we get people on the phone, and they try to do what I call verbal jujitsu. Yeah, we actually believe it or not, we actually use that terminology in the handgun class. Yeah, well, uh, being a reporter, I see that a lot, <laughs> and I know how to yeah, deal yeah. with it. <laughs> and that's part of the uh, what the three stages of, of eco, as I recall, is that part of that thing to deal in that and that uh, you'd know that sooner than I would. But yeah, you know, it, it, it's yeah. a different. It's a different terminology, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Well, it is okay. So I say, have a good. Now you're out in did you say California, Virginia? Oh, Virginia. Oh, okay. East so yeah, Coast. it is a couple. There. Yeah, it's almost There's midnight. <laughs> I'm gonna right. get to well, bed. Okay, talking to you. So I'm anxious to see uh, what the result is. Of this. All right, thank you so much. Okay, have a good evening. You have a good evening too. Bye.